0: I was just listening to Lloyd Austin. You know, he comes out, he says, I know many people were scared, especially people in the black community. Does everything have to be about race? Everything? The Secretary of Defense goes missing. Doesn't tell anybody. But we still find a way to tie it into race. It's unbelievable, this administration. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. So the other insurrection that occurred in uh, in that Senate room, Uh, No charges. Capitol Police today announced they're not charging the two men that had sexual relations and insurrection of another kind in that Senate hearing room. So there you go. I mean, no big deal. Just uh, shoot a gay sex video in a historic Senate chamber room and you're good to go. No problem. And if you've noticed, uh, illegal immigrants who are beating up cops and now there's questions about whether or not they should be deported... And when they were released, which is amazing that they released, they walk by cameras and flick, flick off the cameras because they know nothing is going to happen to them. Nothing. It's funny. I was thinking about this yesterday. Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, was asked the question whether or not the uh, the gang of illegals who beat up two cops I mean, is a shocking video, whether they should be deported. And she goes on to say, yes, anyone who breaks our laws, especially against police officers, is probably someone we should think about deporting. So she's all, you know, she's all very, very, you know, dancing around it. But New York's a sanctuary city. I mean, sanctuary cities, literally, they exist so that the feds can't get somebody who's in one of their jails. This is an important note. You know, when Philadelphia was debating the sanctuary city, yeah, yeah. When Jim Kennedy did the um, white man's overbite and dancing after we became one, I kept saying to people, you know, you have to understand something. This is not about whether or not people are going to go door to door and start grabbing people and deporting them. This has to do with if a criminal is being held in a Philadelphia County Jail or Philadelphia City Correctional, whatever, being held by the police and the feds want the guy, the the sanctuary city means we, we won't turn him over. He could be here illegally, he could be wanted on other things, but we're not going to turn him over. That's what a sanctuary city literally means. And now you have New York City going, well, maybe we'll deport these people. And then Congress yesterday votes to deport anyone who's convicted of a DUI, uh, who's an illegal immigrant, who's an illegal, illegal immigrant. Not legal, but illegal. And Democrats voted against it anyway. They still vote, which is just amazing to me. I mean, it really is. It's amazing. Because that is just so politically tone deaf. It really is. It's so politically tone deaf. But, you know, I, they, they don't want to see anybody deported. They don't want to see anyone sent home. They don't want anyone, anything mean to happen to anybody. Nowhere, no how. That's just how they feel. You better not hurt their feelings because that could be bullying. I'll talk more about social media. The, the uh, hearing yesterday, the fallout of that, it very much now, there are a bunch of moms on Capitol Hill demanding action. You know that group Moms Demand Action, right? They are a group of moms who are organized to try to get rid of guns. Moms Demand Action, they have chapters all over the country. And their whole purpose is to get rid of guns, specifically uh, so called assault weapons. They want those banned. They want to raise the age for people to be able to buy a firearm. They want things like magazine limits, capacity limits, all kinds of things, all kinds of bans. Moms demand action. Well, there's a similar group of moms demanding action today in Capitol Hill. Again, for the safety of the children, they want more regulation over social media. They want the government to do more in social media. And I'm telling you, this sounds exactly like the mindset of the people who blame the gun who blame the gun and think the gun, not the criminal is the problem. They bring up all these awful instances of people who've committed crimes, blatant crimes, blatant crimes on social media platforms. And then they turn around, and instead of blaming the criminal, they blame the platform. How's that any different than than blaming Smith and Wesson if a guy uses a gun and kills people? And that's exactly what Democrats wanna do. They wanna strip away the immunity that gun manufacturers have against lawsuits. Because right now you can't sue social media because of, of the section uh, that they keep talking about in, the, in, in that act, which is the one that they constantly over and over again keep talking about. Well, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're, you know, we, we want to strip away the immunity of this Section 230. We want to strip this away because these big tech companies should be allowed to be sued if something bad happens. And a lot of Republicans are right on board with this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lindsey Graham saying you have blood on your hands yesterday. And that Senate hearing sounded like every Democrat to every gun manufacturer in this country. You have blood on your hands. Somebody did something wrong with your product. Somebody used your product in an unlawful way, and therefore you, as a CEO, are responsible for their actions. It's exactly what these Republicans sound like. And, of course, when they strip away Section 230, what's going to result is massive censorship. Massive censorship the likes of which you've never seen. And guess who's going to be the target of that? You, me, our side of the aisle, because we're the ones who say the things that are mean and hurtful and bigoted, transphobic, misogynistic, anti this, anti that, bigoted, racist, blah, 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 blah. It's it's us as usual. We're the ones who are killing people. Tell you what, Lindsey Graham sounded a whole lot like Joe Biden yesterday when Joe Biden came out and said Facebook was killing people by allowing vaccine disinformation on its platform. So if you're somebody who posts something about the covid shot and you bring up myocarditis or something and somebody doesn't get the shot because of your post and then they die of covid, whether or not they would have died anyway, because people still die if they're vaccinated. Well, now it's on you. Now you have blood on your hands. And so does the site, because maybe that person would be alive today if he didn't see your post. So they're, they're going to be censoring like crazy if Section 230 goes away. But I know, it's always reflexive. Whenever we bring up the children, we all suddenly go into our, yes, yes, protect the children by all means. The children are the new, the terrorists. Remember, remember, in the years after 9-11, it was always the terrorists. We have to do this because terrorists. We have to let the government fondle you at the airport. We have to let the government read your emails and listen to your phone calls because terrorists. And if we don't do these things, you're going to get blown up by a terrorist. And then now we're the terrorists. Now we are now we meaning us with our political mindset. We are the terrorists. We're the domestic violent extremists, the MAGA terrorists, you know, that, that are roaming the streets, just waiting to start an insurrection. So all these powers we gave them against Muslim terrorists in Afghanistan in caves, it's now being used against American citizens and on American soil. But the children, whenever you say, but, but the children, suddenly everybody loses whatever sense of conservative backbone they have and goes, yes, government, please get involved and save the day. It's like, when are we going to learn? When are we going to learn from this? And either we, we say individuals are responsible for their actions or we don't, because if we turn around and say, and if somebody uses Facebook in an inappropriate way and does something to somebody, that it's Mark Zuckerberg's fault, and, and, and we go with that. And we we allow him to be sued, like Josh Hawley suggests. Why aren't we suing gun manufacturers? It's the exact same mindset. It's just, I mean, it, one is about freedom of speech; the other one's about the Second Amendment. But why not why not sue the platforms that allowed somebody to to say or do something that was wrong because it happened on their platform, even though it was not the intended use. Mind you, much like how no gun manufacturer makes guns with the intent of crazy people going into schools and killing kids. But for the children, we should ban that weapon and sue the gun manufacturers, sue them out of existence, sue them out of existence. I've heard that from the left so many times over the years, and so have you but we turn around and say we're the party of individual responsibility our ideas are individual responsibility and so we actually hold the individual responsible not the company that manufactured a product that this guy misused much like how we don't we don't let car manufacturers get sued if some some person gets drunk drives drunk and kills somebody you know we, we don't we don't hold uh you know kia responsible for that because they enabled the drunk driver anyway we'll talk more about that as the show progresses but um it's just amazing. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thinking about all the, uh, the the craziness of the world. And then I, I, I think about these two guys, you know, these, the, these guys who have sex in a Senate room and then no charges against them. And it's fine. It's OK. It's fine. You know what I mean? Capitol Police announced whether they will bring charges after two men recorded themselves having sex in the Senate office building. An insurrection of another kind. Quote, for now, we are closing the investigation into the facts and circumstances surrounding a sex video that was recorded inside the Hart Senate office building on the morning of Wednesday, December 13th. After consulting with federal and local prosecutors, as well as doing a comprehensive investigation and review of possible charges, it was determined that despite a likely violation of congressional policy, there is currently no evidence that a crime was committed. What? The video's the evidence. You guys not see the, did you guys not see there was a video? You, did, you not, did, you not see, did you not see that? Although the hearing room was not open to the public at the time, the congressional staffer involved had access to the room. Oh, well, then that's fine. If he had access to the room, why didn't you say that? I didn't realize that. I mean, he had full access, if you know what I mean. Full access. The two people of interest were not cooperative, nor were the elements of any of the possible crimes met. So they weren't cooperative, and, then, and they're still not charging these guys. The congressional staffer, who has since resigned from his job, exercised his Fifth Amendment right to remain silent and refuse to talk to us. Our investigators are willing to review new evidence should any come to light. You know, thank God these guys didn't do this on January 6th because they'd probably be in a dark prison somewhere right now with no access to an attorney. I mean, could you imagine if they had filmed this video on January 6th? They, let's say they just got there that day and thought it'd be really cool to shoot a like a, 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 a gay sex video on the day that they were certifying the presidential election. Now they still want to get in trouble. Uh, what am I? What am I saying? Forget that. Uh, Ever they still would not have gotten in trouble. But 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 if you but if you walked in the Capitol building that day, even though it's a public building, even though the doors were open at many points where police were actually allowing people in, and used the bathroom. And you whipped it out. But in a much different way than these guys whipped it out, you're probably going to jail. You're probably going to prison. Unless your name's Ray Epps, of course. It's amazing. The Daily Caller first obtained leaked amateur pornography showing a congressional staffer having with an unknown man in the Senate hearing room. The alleged staffer can also be seen in a photo naked on all fours looking back at the camera on the table where senators often sit to ask questions during a hearing. It's like when that guy, uh, Jamal Bowman, pulled the fire alarm. And then came out and lied and said, yeah, I didn't know. I thought it was the, uh, the, the exit, the emergency exit or something. And then the video clearly showed him taking down the emergency exit signs, clearly pulling the video clearly to disrupt Congress, to disrupt a congressional proceeding. This is the federal charge to disrupt a congressional proceeding. Of course, nothing happened to him because nothing happens to Democrats. They don't get in trouble. But if you're a grandma and you took a selfie in the Capitol building on January 6th, You probably had the FBI visit your house. You're probably facing federal charges if you've not already been found guilty, since everyone has been found guilty. Anyone, whether you smashed a window, whether you fought with a cop, whether you moved a barricade, whether you just went in and used a bathroom, whether you walked around with a flag, whether you sang a song, whether you you took pictures, it doesn't matter. You're all the same. In their eyes, you're all the same. So everybody's got to pay, except Ray Epps. Except that guy. Except the guy who told everybody to actually go into the Capitol. That guy... You know, he's he's OK. He's he's OK. He's fine. We'll just give him probation. But everybody else you will pay. But if you film an insurrection of another kind in the Senate room, clearly in violation of probably everything well uh, you know, it's, uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, I don't know. I think people should shoot more videos like this. Why not? I mean, OnlyFans is pretty much the only company in Biden's America making money right now. So everybody could just start doing this. Every congressional staffer should just start making videos and just posting them on OnlyFans. And you'll probably make millions of dollars. And you won't get in trouble, so you don't have to worry about it. It's not, it's not like you have to risk anything. You might lose your job, but who cares? You're about you're going to be an OnlyFans millionaire. You're going to be an OnlyFans millionaire. So what do you care about your lowly Capitol Hill job that pays 75 grand a year? Nothing. You're about to be a millionaire. With your OnlyFans Capitol Hill sex page. I swear we're living in the craziest time. The dumbest time ever. And the craziest time. There's no question about that. There's. I mean, I think you'd have to... You know, if, if aliens came down right now, they look around and be like, all right, we're, we're going home. We, we have not reached intelligent life. There is no intelligent life here. There's none, none whatsoever. And we're just going to get back on board the ship and go, cause this is not worth it. This just isn't worth it. Now, speaking of insane people, uh, D.A. Fawny Willis will not step down. That story just came out. She's the one, of course, persecuting Donald Trump in Georgia, where D- Donald Trump, despite all that, has an eight-point lead. And, you know, something I said last night on Mark Levin show when I was filling in for the great one, shameless plug, you can go back and listen to the podcast of that, of course, if you like, is that if you think about Georgia, where Trump is, has an eight-point lead right now, and what they're doing to him in Georgia, and he still has an eight-point lead— And my theory is that's actually a higher lead. See, I think all these seven swing states, like there's a story today and do not pay attention to it. It is a story about Biden having a national lead. Do me a favor and please ignore it because it's a fugazi. National polls do not matter. Let me say that again. National polls do not matter. They are irrelevant. Just like polls that, that, that survey registered voters are irrelevant. Rip them up and throw it out. Rip it out. Same thing. So everybody's freaking out today because, of course, the media does what the media does, the corporate media, to distract you from the fact that yesterday's story was that se- po- seven, seven of the states that actually will decide the presidency, Donald Trump has a lead in all of them. So what happens? Hours later, Biden has six-point lead over Trump. And everybody starts freaking out. I got a couple messages of this. Rich, 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 what, 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 what's, what is this? What's happening here? irrelevant throw it away it's a national poll they mean nothing look at the states that will decide the presidency i'm sorry to tell my fellow new jerseyans this but it's not it's not jersey i made somebody mad the other day i was on a call with some political people and i i made the comment of saying you can still win statewide in jersey if you're running for senate because the people have a tendency in that state to vote Republican and Democrat at the same day. It's very odd, but and somebody said, "Why are you just writing off Trump in Jersey?" I said, "Well, because it's a blue state, and the, the they're not going to invest any time in the campaign." And I hope they don't. I hope they don't. I hope they, I hope they don't spend a dollar there. I, I hope they spend it all in Pennsylvania. I mean that because if you win Pennsylvania, you're winning the White House. If you win Pennsylvania, you're winning the White House. If you, if you waste money trying to flip blue states, that's it's not. It's things have changed. This is not 1980 four anymore you got to invest your resources where you can win and and play the game right so you got to invest your resources in pennsylvania and michigan i'm not so sure about wisconsin because at the end of the day republicans don't do well there but but the jury's out right as of right now trump has a lead georgia north carolina arizona nevada that's game set match baby that's game that's game over right there And thank you, Matt DeSantis, for clarifying that point for me. I appreciate it. To to, to combine both of my points, both of my reasons for ripping a poll apart, tearing it up from my formerly pangolin-stained fingers, from my never-pineapple-pizza-stained fingers, you rip it up, the Quinnipiac poll, in addition to being a national poll, was registered voters, not likely voters. That's a two-for-one offense right there. You take that poll and you rip it up. Or if you have a birdcage, line the birdcage with that poll. Or a kitty litter box. I don't know what you cat people do. I don't want to know, quite frankly. I don't need you to get mad at me, cat people. Relax. Just relax. But if you do line your kitty litter thingies with something, line it with this poll. Because the Quinnipiac poll showing Biden with a big national lead was registered voters, not likely voters, and it was a national poll. It is fugazi. And but it's all everyone's talking about today. See how that works? See how the game works? The game works by yesterday the polls come out showing. I mean, they were devastating. Two separate devastating polls, both showing Trump with a lead in the seven states that will decide the presidency of the United States of America. And within hours, hours after that, the corporate media is talking about this national poll. Trump's bleeding women supporters. Women hate him. Legal bills pile up. Fundraising plummets. Women run from the dawn. This New York Post story, Biden holds six-point national lead over Trump, fueled by female voters, female registered voters in a national poll. Fugazi. This is the big story of the day today, by the way. It's brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Go see him. He's the master of dental implants. He will give you the smile of your dreams, a smile that you deserve, because you do deserve a beautiful smile, VenariaDental.com. I will be at Parks Casino tonight for Joe Conklin's Comedy Night. I'll be the MC along with my buddy Mike Baldini, so I look forward to seeing you there. Hopefully you're coming. Just a programming heads up. My buddy Michael Opelka will be taking the uh, the helm of the ship at six o'clock tonight to do the final hour, so I can get over to Parks because I got to tie one on before I go on stage. No, I just I got to get there and I got I got to do all the stuff. That's what we do. It's our standard operating procedure. So, uh, Opelka will be here at six. But I want to remind you, we have another event coming up very very soon, and that is our speaker series with Terry Hayes, number one global best selling author and film producer Terry Hayes at Main Point Books. In Wayne, PA, it's going to be next week, February the 7th. So Wednesday night, and it will sell out, so get your tickets by going to 1210WPHD.com, 1210WPHD.com. Coming up, what is going to happen with the Section 702 of the FISA Act? Are Republicans, once again, going to allow the government to do its warrantless spying on us for the children, to protect the children? We'll find out. And don't forget something. Whenever you think about censorship, if it feels good in the moment, Remember, they probably want to silence you and me. We'll be right back.
1: The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210
0: WPHT, in the free Odyssey app. Wait, what? What did I say that made you play this song? Uh, The congressional staffers, they didn't cooperate, right? Oh, right, okay. Their lips are sealed. Well, I don't know if those lips are sealed, Henry. (laughs) Doesn't sound like it. Oh, man. But fair enough. Yeah. Today's the day, by the way. In case you guys are wondering, my um, illustrious producers, the guys who actually run the show here, Matt Traitoris, uh, the executive producer, Henry Machette, the associate producer, today's the day I've been waiting and waiting and waiting to see how many days Matt DeSantis would put the story of the $1.7 million toilet in my show sheet, and I was waiting until he took it out, which he did finally today. After I've been ignoring it for how many days, like a week? Uh, it's been a week, yeah. Once, At least once we week. hit
1: a week, I decided. you know what, I'll just move on.
0: Yeah, you, were, you, you so wanted to do the toilet story. And we are, I'm going to, because today's the day. I was waiting, I'm <laughs> just waiting. I saw, whenever I see you put a story in the next day, I'm like, all right, DeSantis really likes this one. And then if I forget and I see it the third day, I'm like, all right, well, I definitely am going to do it now. It's just got a matter of wait and see how long it keeps coming back. Well, I, you know, I, I now that I know
1: how how you operate, I'll just pull it a little early. No. That way, you get to it.
0: No, that's that. No, you're doing just fine. You're doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fascinating story. It actually really is government incompetence at at its best. Um, but I do have to clarify. Johnny Cook reminded me of something. I said, you know, do we blame the product, do we, or do we blame the person who committed a crime? He do, He did remind me of a very good point, which is that. Blue City mayors and actually the attorney general of New Jersey, Matt Placken, they sent a letter to Kia and Hyundai telling them that their cars are too easy to steal. So they they are actually blaming the car manufacturers for theft. He's saying your cars are too easy to steal, so you better figure that out because this is on you. It's absurd. You know, this is absurd. But um, so there's a toilet at $1.7 million single stall public restroom in San Francisco, California. Look, at least they're trying to build a toilet versus just letting everybody poop on the streets. I mean, you got to give them some credit, right? <laughs> just saying. I don't think they
1: deserve very much credit once we get into the story. This is a disaster.
0: So, according to Reason.com, in October of 2022, San Francisco raised eyebrows when the city budgeted $1.7 million for a single stall public restroom in the city's no Valley neighborhood, Noe Valley neighborhood. The high price tag, according to city officials, was due to the steep price of construction in San Francisco, as well as remaining supply chain issues. But the state stepped in shortly after, scrapping the planned bathroom after outrage spread over its high cost to taxpayers. Fifteen months later, the public plaza where the restroom was originally planned still doesn't have a place to pee, and it doesn't look like it will get one anytime soon. Why isn't there a toilet here? I just don't get it. Nobody does, one resident told the New York Times last week. It's yet another example of the city that can't. San Francisco has the most expensive construction costs in the world, and it's hardly surprising. In order to build a public bathroom in this part of the city at a location that already had the necessary plumbing to add a restroom, builders would have to pass a dizzying number of regulatory stops. Ready? Ready? These include seeking approval from the Arts Commission's Civic Design Review Committee, passing review under the California Environmental Quality Act, and getting the go-ahead from the city's Rec and Parks Commission and San Francisco's Board of Supervisors. And if that isn't enough, the project would also be subject to a period of community feedback. But wait, there's more. Even after gaining approval, the city wouldn't be free to simply find the cheapest acceptable bathroom, likely a prefabricated option and connected to the city plumbing. According to a 2022 San Francisco Chronicle article, prefabricated bathrooms violate the city's public labor agreement. Adding to costs. the city would also be required to use union labor to construct a bathroom. While the $1.7 million price tag was rightfully criticized, should the project have been allowed to go forward, the budget may not have been an overestimate. San Francisco's regulatory burden on new construction, even something as simple as a single stall bathroom, is just that high. Even San Francisco's own government has conceded that the bathroom fiasco was a sign that the city has too much regulation. Quote, it's worth changing the laws that are in place around construction projects like the restroom that slow things down, said a spokesperson for the mayor. But this is far from the first time that local governments have earmarked absurdly large sums of money to pay for public bathrooms. In 2017, New York City spent two million dollars on a public park bathroom. And last year. Philadelphia caused controversy when it announced it would spend $1.8 million on six modular Portland Loo bathrooms over the next five years, a model the cities across the country have spent millions on in recent years. There you go. All right, Matt DeSantis. The Thank toilet you. story is done.
1: <laughs> it's also worth noting there was a New York Times version of the story that said that a local businessman actually offered to donate a bunch of material and a toilet. And uh, so to. You know, obviously cut down on the cost, which was a major issue, and they still haven't been able to get this approved. Um, the, the article noted that it takes 523 days on average for a developer to get the initial go-ahead to construct housing in San Francisco, and another 605 days to get uh, building permits. That's insane. <laughs> that is insane. What are they doing? And again, that's the New York Times. They have
0: to go through all the committees, all the uh, all the communist regula- regulatory bodies. They have to go through. I mean, do all these committees just sit on their hands, though? Yes. Oh. Their job. <laughs> let me tell you what their job is. I'll say what their job is. Ready? Their job is to make sure that nothing happens. That's their job. Man. Their job is to literally make sure that nothing happens. I'm in
1: the wrong business.
0: Yeah, you are. I'd be great at that. <laughs> This is kind of similar to, I've told this story before. So my my wife grew up in the Adirondacks in Tupper Lake, New York, which is about 45 minutes away from Lake Placid. Everybody knows Lake Placid, of course. Miracle, the Olympics. We were married there. In Tupper Lake, they wanted to do a mountain they have a big mountain there called big tupper it used to be a, a ski resort back in the day they wanted to get it going again and they thought you know let's get, do some tourism you know and they had this developer come in and this developer was going to was going to totally build this beautiful adirondack village get the ski resort going again jobs tourism build uh, housing around it because there's the you know there's gonna build condos and people could buy you know luxury condos they could have as their second homes and things like this And there's something up there called the Adirondack Park Commission, the APC. After seven years of reviewing the project and bleeding the developer dry to the tune of millions of dollars, by the time that the love gov Andrew Cuomo, finally got up there and said, you know what, I think it'll be nice, there'll be snow bunnies, they love a good hot cocoa with the bar after, am I right? By the time he got up there realizing he could cop a feel on a snow bunny, The developer ran out of cash. That's the goal. That's the game. The regulatory bodies run a bleed it dry with red tape, and then the developers lose money, and then they go away. And in this case now, you have people who will be like, oh, it's a historic district. We don't want a bathroom. Now, maybe they're correct, and maybe they shouldn't put a bathroom there, but that's their job. Their job is to make sure nothing gets done. It's like when you have to go to approval for a a lot of times cities do these um, historic preservation committees sometimes they are advisory and sometimes they actually have power which i never understand because they're not elected officials they actually have power to shut down construction projects and and and, and, and many towns think about adding this stuff and i can't understand why because you're the elected officials why would you empower a- another group of people to make decisions on whether or not a house should go up in that neighborhood or a house should be torn down or a, a, a restaurant should open or something why would you you're the elected officials, you're the ones accountable, but that's exactly why they do it. They do it so that they can say it wasn't us. The uh, historic Commission uh, voted it down. they didn't want any changes to the area in the neighborhood and you know so it's a it's a joke. And then of course there's also the other thing is they, they love you know follow the money love they love the, they love the, the vig they got to get the vig. And the union jobs and the VIG, and they got, and then this, and Joey's got to make sure that Tommy's brother gets something, and then some San Francisco, what do they call those people out there um, that are members of the council there? Are they council members or are they commissioners? I think they're commissioners, right, Matt? Uh, I'm actually not sure. I'll, I'll check. Well, some San Francisco commissioner's gotta make sure that his, his idiot nephew gets a piece of the uh you know, the, the, the plumbing contract with the and then some donors gotta make sure that, you know, whoever gets the, the handlebars on the sink, they come from his you know, The whole thing is is a is a is a scammy way to just bleed people dry. It's absolutely amazing. I did wanna mention as well, you know, we're talking about crazy things and I wanna thank um Let's see here. If I check in on social media real quick, I can't wait to uh, see Jack Carr's new book. I'll get to that in a second. But Ed Farmer sent me a post. Jonathan Turley wrote a great piece in The New York Post. I'll get to this a little bit later. The New York Post is out with my column on Hunter Biden's curious filing in his gun case, where he draws comparisons to the children of undocumented migrants, the dead czars and Japanese internment camp families. And it only gets weirder from there. So we'll touch on that as the show progresses today as well. And uh, a little bit later, I, I I do want to take your calls on what's going on with social media and whether or not, you know, in any way, shape or form, you want to see the government get involved here. And I will outline all my reasons why the answer to that should be no thank you, but I want to hear from you on that. So we'll talk about that as well as we go on. And I know I uh, just saw a few moments ago, Trump came out and spoke about the border bill and that border bill should die. It should die a big death. It's a joke. It's a scam. It's not going to secure the border. They don't want to secure the border. And what they're still doing is still doing is finding a way for coward, feckless Republicans to be able to save face for funding the Ukraine war by by saying, oh, I did it for border security. The bill is an abomination. We'll talk more about that as the show goes on today as well. And we'll grab that audio of uh, the former president. Listen, Cherry Hill Vavo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill is outstanding. I love the friendship we have with them. I love the fact that they are always there for us. I love the fact that we broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Vavo studios. I think it's, it's it, it, in this day and age of cancel culture, that means so much to me. That Judith Krupnik said, I want to step up. I want the studio naming rights. That means a lot. And you should give them some business. And I know that buying an American car is very important. Well, the S-Class is made in South Carolina. And they have a beautiful sale going on right now at Cherry Hill Volvo during their renovation with the S-Class. But all of their cars are outstanding and amazing. And they always go the extra mile for you. Now, I'm in a program called Care by Volvo. So every five months, I have the chance to change to a different Volvo, keep the Volvo I have, or cancel the lease altogether. It's great. It makes wonderful sense. It, it, one payment includes car insurance, 15,000 miles annually, excessive wear coverage, and more. But it's at Cherry Hill Volvo. That's where you need to go. Forget all these other Volvo dealerships. There's only one that stands with this radio station. There's only one that is the studio sponsor of Talk Radio 1210 WPHD, and that's Cherry Hill Volvo. And Judith and Yosef and the entire team would love to see you. They will Always work to get you the absolute best offer because they will make sure they get you every possible incentive they can. So whether it's a new, a pre-owned, or a certified pre-owned, these these cars are beautiful, like new cars, or a lease through the Care by Lease program. Cherry Hill VAVO, the region's most accessible Volvo dealership, minutes over the bridge on Route 70 in Cherry Hill, where relationships matter. Thanks for listening to the Cooley Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. Rolling along on Thursday. Thanks for being here today. Appreciate it. Uh, 855-3912-10. Thank you for all the wonderful comments from uh, my filling in for Mark Levin last night. The great one. It was fun. Always enjoy it. A lot of fun. And I, I mentioned this on the show yesterday because Bud Light has partnered with uh, comedian Shane Gillis after the company's fall from grace. The comedian, he's, very, he's hysterical, by the way. He's got this great impression of Trump that he does, uh, talking all about when Trump killed Soleimani. And he's out there going, you know, he died like a dog. And it's it's so spot on. He was supposed to be on Saturday Night Live, but they canceled him. Saturday Night Live canceled Shane Gillis. And he was recently on a podcast with Joe Rogan and a bunch of other people talking about how Bud Light destroyed itself. Joe Rogan... Sean Gillis and a bunch of other people, they talked about the long-term effects of the boycott. And he said, basically, there's never been a brand that has been hit like this before. After Elisa Schneiderheld, Schneiderface, whatever her name is, came out and said, you know, we got to get rid of the Freddy white guy image that we have. So now they're bringing in a very funny guy with conservative views who reaches a lot of people in our circle who was canceled from Saturday Night Live to be a new spokesperson for Bud Light. Very smart. Bud Light trying their best. But the problem is the damage that they did by having Dylan Mulvaney, it's gonna take a long time to recover from. Because that woman, that that, that marketing director, she single-handedly destroyed that beer brand. This is what I tell people all the time. I had a conversation with somebody. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say who. Conversation with somebody went like this the other day. They said, I got in trouble at work today. But I'm like joking. Why? What happened? Well, I was dealing with a situation at work and I thought I was, I thought the issue, it's an HR thing. I thought the issue was about two people. So I kept saying, okay, well, what did they do? And the person kept, it's like a who's on first kit. Well, I just told you what they did. They stole ink toner. No, I understand that. But what did the other person do? No, 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 no. They, she goes by they, she, she identifies as they, them. And the person still couldn't really compute, going, okay, so what did she do? No, no, not she, they. All right, so what did they do? They stole ink toner. Who? They. Them? Yes, they, them. It really does. I feel like I'm listening to Who's On First by Abbott and Costello. I really do. And I said, and she said, I, I guess I'm old. I guess, I guess I'm out of touch. I said, no, you're not. No, not at all. It's the fact that the world has gone freaking crazy because corporations have hired these woke college idiots to work for their companies. And this is the, the the these these corporations have now become cesspools for this stuff, and then it leaks out into the brand. It leaks out into the brand, and then it destroys everything. And Bud Light is exactly that. Bud Light hired this woke idiot, this Elisa Schneiderheld, who said the following quote: "We had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor, and it was really important that we had another approach." And then, and then she said she wanted it to be a more inclusive brand. So then they go and they tap Dylan Mulvaney, a trans influencer, and it was a freaking disaster. But the world's insane now. I mean, it's what I mean. It, it, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into the the, C, the tech stuff a little bit in the next hour. The world's insane, and we got to really watch because they are, they want to punish us for so-called misgendering. When you say the wrong gender, use the wrong pronoun for somebody, they want to punish you for this. You remember that clip of Dr. Rachel Levine yelling at somebody, don't you misgender me? They want that to be a crime, like a hate crime. A hate crime. And if you t- if you say to a biological man who identifies as a woman, if you call that person him or refer to him as a man, as I'm doing right now, that they want that to be a freaking hate crime. Yes, they do. And Shane Gillis is very funny. Um, he had made some comments... That, of course, the, the woke left interpreted as racist. He made him on a podcast. Old jokes. He's a comedian. And so this is what they put at the time. They said, after talking with Shane Gillis, we decided he will not be joining SNL. We were not aware of his prior remarks that have surfaced over the past few days. The language that he uses is offensive, hurtful, and unacceptable. We are sorry that we did not see these clips earlier. And that our vetting process was not up to our standards. I mean, come on. Guy's a comedian. You know, Jimmy Fallon's book on cancel culture is out. And the point that he's making in the book is they're just jokes. They're jokes. Lighten up. Lighten up, but you but you as a comedian now, you are exposed to cancel culture. And how do you think that happens? Because they announce that they're hiring Shane Gillis, and then people go and they do a deep dive, they find things he said, they go, Oh, that's racist, that's bigoted, that's misogynistic, whatever, and then they go after NBC, and they go after Comcast, and these corporations go, Oh, they all get afraid and they run and hide, and they go, Okay, 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 we're sorry, we're sorry. We won't do it again, I promise. We'll fire him, we'll fire him, just don't, just don't yell at us. and and these companies cave. And the reason why these companies are in this position in the first place, the reason why is because they hire these woke corporate idiots who who have who have spent years in the faculty lounge, surrounded by the faculty lounge, I should say, not with real America, and they believe this is how everybody thinks. It's the most insular place in the world, a college classroom or a college faculty lounge. lounge, And you walk out of there believing everybody thinks like you do. So what happens? A company hires you and you turn around and say, you know what we need to do? We need to appeal to trans beer drinkers. What? Yeah, no, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. We need to embrace a transgender influencer. And the people on the table sit there and go, Really? And then, if anyone's over the age of 40 in that room, they're afraid to say anything for two reasons. Number one, they're afraid of being called, Okay, okay, boomer. And number two, they're afraid of losing their job. So they go, they, they play along, and go, Oh, yeah, this sounds great. Yeah. But they know inside it's a stupid idea, they know it's a terrible idea. They know it is an awful idea, but they, but they go along with it, and they, they, they go along with it because they're afraid, because they have targets on their backs. I made a, I made a, um, a, a comment the other day Trump. about how—I um, I made this on The Vince Show last night. Donald Trump has a target on his back all the time, you know, whether it's the state of New York, state of Georgia, the federal government. And how many of us in our lives, in a day-to-day, feel like we have a target on our back every single day? You know, if you're a white guy over 50 in corporate America, you probably feel that way. If you're a cop, you feel that way. You got a target on your back, not just a literal target, but you got a target from politicians who want to defund you. Won't won't have your back. If there's a if, if, if stuff goes down, and you got to use your your firearm or you or you beat the guy the wrong way. You got a target on your back. If you if you're just a good Samaritan on a subway trying to help uh, a lady not get stabbed by a freaking crazy homeless guy, you got a, you got a big target on your back. If you're a farmer. Because they want to shut you down all in the name of climate change because agriculture, you know, agriculture leads to more cows and more cows tooting. So you got a big target on your back, too. You got a target on your back if you're a mom and you don't want you you don't want your kids to get the covid shot. And you spoke out about it at a school board meeting and the government called you a domestic terrorist. You got a target on your back if you're a pro-life Catholic just praying outside an abortion clinic. And we all have a target on our back when it comes to this freaking economy. So I think people can relate to Donald Trump now more than ever. Every time they go after him, somebody goes, I get it. They're after him. It's like, hey, listen, you work in the natural gas industry? You got a target on your back because they want to shut you down. You're a coal miner? You've had a target on your back for a long time. You know they want to shut you down. You work in the oil industry? Yeah, you got a target on your back too. You you like guns? You like shooting with guns? Do you? Yeah, well, guess what? You have a target on your back now because the government is watching you thinking you might be a terrorist. You post controversial things on social media? Well, we need you to register with the social registry of truth so that we can protect the children and make sure that you're not under 16. And uh, and guess what? The government's watching you and spying on you and getting your web history. So we all have a giant target on our back. And then Trump comes along. He's, in, he's getting shot at at all different angles by, by the federal government, the states, everywhere, nonstop. And people go, I get it. You know, E. Jean Carroll had a big party the other night celebrating her $83 million win with all these elite lefties down in Greenwich Village. And people look at that and go, you know what? I mean, she's on Rachel Maddow joking about buying townhouses and shoes and penthouses. These people are are full of crap. And and e. Jean Carroll won a defamation lawsuit. She did not win a sexual assault lawsuit. And that's a very important distinction. And I'm tired of people confusing the two. There's defamation and sexual assault are two totally different things. Not that Trump should have been found guilty of defamation. It was a terrible case. And that jury award is ridiculous. But anyway, Shane Gillis is a very funny comedian. He does a spot-on Trump impression. Really funny.
1: I think was probably one of the greatest speeches of world leaders given. You know, it's got to be up there with, like, Churchill, Gettysburg Address. It's the night the United States killed the leader of ISIS. Trump comes out of the Situation Room at, like, midnight in the White House. And he walks down that tunnel. Like, and gives a press conference. Like, he's given a post-game NBA just goes Abu Bakar, al-Baghdadi is dead, he died like a dog I didn't change one word of that, that's what he opened with and then he did 40 minutes, the speech is 40 minutes the meanest talk you've ever heard in front of the whole world Abu we could hear him crying, I said Abu, don't Abu Let me tell you something. Abu cried. He cried quite a bit. I wouldn't have cried.
0: (laughs) Cry baby (laughs) Crybaby Cry baby All right. uh, Four o'clock hour straight ahead on tap. So we got a lot to talk about, including why are Republicans sounding like big government progressives when it comes to social media? Don't go away.
1: Rich Seale, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, talk radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app.